Let me ask you something. When you listen to my five a day episodes, do you make a note of all the new words and phrases? It would be useful for you to have the vocabulary written down with the meaning and the example sentence. I know you are quite busy, so I have done it for you. I'm giving you access to my five-a-day database. This is a Google spreadsheet with all the vocabulary covered from the very beginning of the five-a-day series. And it's constantly updated. Just use the link in the show notes to provide your email, sign up to my newsletter, and I'll send the database to you. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to the English Like a Native podcast. My name is Anna and you are listening to the series called Your English Five a Day, where we deep dive into five pieces of English vocabulary every day of the week from Monday to Friday. Let's get on with today's list. This is week eight, day one. So the first word on our list is an adverb. And it's the adverb outright. Outright. How do we spell it? O-U-T-R-I-G-H-T. Outright. You might hear that middle T dropped. So we have outright. Out, outright. <laughs> I dropped both T's then. Out, outright. Outright. That's probably how you'll hear it more often than not when the word appears within a sentence, outright, outright. What does this mean? Well, it means directly and plainly or immediately instead of in stages. Okay, here's an example sentence. I'm telling you outright, you're making a huge mistake if you buy that house. So I'm telling you very plainly and directly. I'm telling you outright, you're making a huge mistake. Sometimes we do have to be direct. It's not part of our culture. The Brits, generally, we avoid being direct. It's, you know, we think it's rude. So we do everything in an indirect manner to try and sound more polite. Like we're not commanding people to do things or being too blunt. But if you need to be blunt, which sometimes we do, then this could be a good word to use. You might even use this word to talk about something that happened where you had to be direct. So you say, I told my partner outright. If he doesn't start doing as he's told, he's out on his ear. Sounds like a lovely relationship. Okay, here's the next word on our list, an adjective, and it is distinct distinct. This is spelled D-I-S-T-I-N-C-T. Distinct. 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 If something is distinct, then it's clearly noticeable and it certainly exists. So you might have a very distinct sound to your voice. Some people's voices, you can just tell who it is as soon as you hear them. There are many voiceover artists or famous actors who do voiceover work. 
who have very distinct voices. And as soon as you hear that voice on the radio or voicing a character in an animated film, you straight away know who it is. For example, last night I was watching the most recent film version of The Jungle Book. And Idris Elba was the voice of Shere Khan, the tiger. And as soon as I heard that voice, I was like, oh, that's the guy from Luther, isn't it? Because he has quite a distinct voice. Here's an example sentence. There's a distinct smell of cigarettes in here. Have you been smoking again? Next on our list, number three, is a noun and it is intention. Intention. You spell this I-N-T-E-N-T-I-O-N. Intention. Intention. This means something that you want and plan to do. So I have an intention to do something, to get something. So it's my intention with this podcast to help and reach as many English learners as I can to improve uh, your listening skills and provide you with a useful resource. That's my intention. Here's an example sentence. There's no point being full of good intentions if you aren't going to act on them. Yes, we use that phrase often, to be full of good intentions or to have good intentions. So you might say, oh, David is just a nightmare. He's always causing trouble. He always brings problems. But I can't be mad at him because he's always full of good intentions. Okay, so let's move on to word number four, or rather, words number four. This is an idiom. So we have the idiom, walk the walk. Walk the walk. How are we spelling that? First word, W-A-L-K, walk, the, T-H-E, and walk again, W-A-L-K. Walk the walk. If you walk the walk, then it sh you show something um, is true by your actions rather than your words. So I can walk the walk. I'm, I can do the thing. Okay, here's an example sentence. Don't just say you're going to help clean up the city streets. You have to walk the walk if you want to prove you're committed. So you have to do the thing. You have to show by acting. And then we follow that nicely with our fifth phrase of the day. Our final idiom, talk the talk. To talk the talk is to talk or behave in a confident way so that you seem like you'd be very good at what you do. So you say you're good at what you do or you behave like you're good at what you do. But can you actually do it? That's the question. Many people can talk the talk but can't actually walk the walk. <gasps> Here's an example sentence. Janice might have only been a lawyer for three years, but she can definitely talk the talk. All the top law firms are after her. Okay, so that's our five for today. Let's recap. We had the adverb outright, outright, to do something directly and plainly. Then we had the adjective distinct, which is clearly noticeable. 
We had the noun intention, something that you want or plan to do. We had the idioms walk the walk to show something's true by acting and talk the talk to behave like you're good at something <laughs> by talking or behaving in a certain way, but not proving it. All right, let's do that once again for your pronunciation. Please repeat after me. Outright. Distinct. Intention. Walk the walk. Talk the talk. Fantastic. Let's bring all of those together in a little story. See if you can spot those words and phrases. There's a saying that goes, don't talk the talk unless you can walk the walk. How many times have you heard that said before? We often go out with all good intentions, but when it comes to it, can we actually fulfill those intentions? Carrie, a 26-year-old practicing prosecutor, couldn't. It was Carrie's first big case that she had been asked to take on independently. She was to build a case against a man who had committed a number of burglaries in the town of Lichen. He was a 43-year-old, divorced father of three. He worked in a local DIY store and was known throughout the community as a loyal, trustworthy and caring person. He and his wife had separated six months previously and he had taken it pretty hard. The children had gone to live with their mother, 100 miles away in Manchester. And so Kirk was left feeling lonely and isolated. Despite having a good job at the DIY store, and always giving a willing and helping hand to his customers, Kirk had a distinct feeling that something in his life was missing. One day, a lady walked into the store and asked for some materials to make a doll's house for her granddaughter. They chatted about what size wood she needed and the tools and accessories required. As the lady was paying, Kirk said he would be more than happy to come over and help her build the house. He'd made one for his daughter when she was younger, so had a good idea of how to go about it. The lady gratefully accepted and they agreed he would go over the following day after work. As promised, Kirk turned up just after 6pm and they made a start on a drawing to show how the doll's house would be put together. Kirk noticed the lady had a lot of valuables around the room and thought, she must have more in the rest of the house. This is where it all started. Fast forward one year and there are 15 police reports of houses being broken into with thousands of pounds worth of cash and valuable items stolen. Despite Kirk's fingerprints being found in one victim's home, the evidence against Kirk was weak. Carrie found herself in charge of Kirk's prosecution. After listening to his story, she began to feel sorry for him. Her bosses told her that she was outright wrong and either had to put her personal feelings aside or hand the case over to another lawyer. Not wanting to fail on her first ever case, Carrie agreed to continue. Unfortunately, Carrie proved that although she could talk the talk, she could not walk the walk. 
Her emotions got in the way and she did not put forward a strong enough case worthy of going to court. Kirk had got away with it, but he also saw this as a second chance to rebuild his life with the new lady in his life, Carrie. Carrie and Kirk are now living in another town a long way from Lichen and together they are helping the elderly community. Did you catch all of those words and phrases in that story? I hope so. Well, that brings us to the end of today's podcast episode. I look forward to tickling your eardrums again tomorrow. Until then, take very good care and goodbye.